Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a film podcast with two film loving mates with gaps in their viewing history who recommend films to one another so can decide once and for all who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey. I am joined as always by Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. Hello, Hugh, and may I say How flawless intro there, pal. I mean, it's not like we did it one other first time and then decided to do it was. again. First attempt. It was, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was perfect, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, how are you? How's 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 things? How's great, life? Great, mate. I'm great. It's it's absolutely lovely to be back at the the uh, call face of the podcasting whatever it is. This thing. I, I, sorry, I lost. I, I started with such vigor that that sentence and I ended. Um, I'm doing great, <laughs> mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Thanks. Um, a little tired. A little tired. I'm not going to lie. But no, I've no, got, no, I'm no you haven't. You aren't. The energy's up. The energy's up. Let's see if I can keep it up for an hour. Yeah. Uh, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, see, have you seen any films this week or anything you want to, Stranger Exciting in the movie Yeah, I'm going to give a little you shout know, out to a podcast I'm very much, uh, uh, very much a fan of, which is Beyond the Screenplay, um, uh, connected to the Ooh. YouTube channel Lessons from the Screenplay. And they uh, released an episode this week, which was There Will Be Blood. And I thought, oh yeah, I like that film. And um, I had the house to myself for the first time in a year this morning. And it was about 9am, started listening to their podcast. And I was reminded by how much I love There Will Be Blood. So I was sat at my kitchen table at 9.30 watching There Will Be Blood this morning. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely 10 out of 10 film, as as uh, uh, my my views are on record already, and yeah, I watched. That. I'm warming to it. I'm warming to it as the as the time goes on. Yeah, I still don't think it's quite a 10 out of 10, but it is it is getting better in my estimation. I'm trying to remember what I said on that. I listened episode. back. Well, you listen I listened to that, back you? Yeah. to episode 10 yeah. uh, when we were both recalcitrant and reluctant and uh, anxious at the microphone, and um, yeah, I mean, it was infuriating because I was so nice. I was so nice because I was still naive and I thought, oh, we've probably got about the same sort of tastes. Oh, he's probably being so generous to this man. <laughs> this is an awful take and you should rip him anew. <laughs> <laughs> so basically in the last two years you've become a lot more belligerent is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, because every week you disappoint me, Hugh. You know, it takes its toll. Again, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate this time. How are you, buddy? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I've been, I've been pitched all over there, haven't I? <laughs> um, as yeah, I mean, I just remember just not liking it the first time I watched it, but it it, it is a good film. It's it's one of those that I see it, I see it is good, but I, do, I just don't, I just don't love it. If like you do. Well, when, I, when we first did the episode, I said two years from now, and that is basically now, actually, because it was episode 10, we're now on 111, you know, basically almost exactly two years and 10 episodes later. More um, or less, are we? But we I did think. this. Episode 50, listener, if you want to hear Hugh's revised yeah. views on The Old Blood, and my revised views on M- The Empire Strikes Back, a yeah, little, uh, little little Star Wars flick, yeah. um, do listen to episode 50. We're now on 111. Yeah. That is incredible. It's, so do you want to give us a little intro into episode 111, Hugh? What are we yeah. watching? Yeah, so we thought we'd catch the zeitgeist, given <laughs> that uh, <laughs> Bonfire Night was a mere three weeks ago, or two and a half weeks ago, whatever it no, was. No, we did, we did. This is coming out on November 5th, Hugh. We yeah, just oh, get, make we, sure the mainstream oh. media tells the listener that and they're going to believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the film, yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we but, were always at, at war with Eurasia. 
We were. Eurasia. That's a 1984 Eurasia. Is it? Indeed. References you probably figured yeah, out. I yeah. still haven't watched. Read. Still haven't read the book. I still I haven't read it. Two all. Christmases ago, I want to say. That you only gave me like a Christmas ago. So okay, so only know, only eleven months look, ago. Fair there's a, there's a whole backstory with that. Let's not get into it. <laughs> it's a personal. <laughs> it's not for the listeners. That personal one. story. That is Go not. A, that is a personal, very personal situation. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So because it was bonfire night, I was like, oh look, V for Vendetta is on. Um, the is on the Netflix and it might not be on the Netflix next year when I'm like we should watch definitely watch this film for next so, year listen I just let, let you behind the curtain when we're deciding what film to watch often it's determined by if it's on Prime or Netflix or maybe BBC iPlayer or Push <laughs> that's a big part of it yep I'm a big fan of the iPlayer actually um they do have movies on there quite often. They do. Twelve Monkeys, never, for example. They did. I just never, I never check it enough. That's my problem. Nope. I never check it. So yeah. Anyway, we're going to do um, the 2006 film Viva Vendetta. Uh, would you like a Would you like a synopsis, Sam? You want a synopsis? Um, so basically, uh, long story short, this is based, and I say it, it's based, and it's got the same title, and it's got some of the same characters. But it's meant to be based on the 1982 graphic novel written by Alan Moore, who isn't titled on this. No, it's not. Well, it it's is. Not based on that. <laughs> it is. Well, yeah, his lawyers, so you know his lawyers can, you know, say what they want. But it is. But it's. Um, it's basically written by uh, the Wachowski sisters now, I guess. Um, but it was. Uh, advertised as the brothers back then. Uh, obviously, uh, a man called David Lloyd did the the, anim- did the, the drawings for the graphic novel. Um, oh, he's happy to put his name to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he. Alan Moore actually says any royalty money for it goes should go to him. All his side should go to him, which is quite nice. He's, I love his principles. He's, he's a, a, a very he's a registered guy. wizard and a principled principled yeah. man. I love he him. was a bit naive though when it came to signing contracts. Yeah, <laughs> <in the> 80s, <laughs> and it's made him a very bitter and angry man, which is a bit of a shame mm. because he is a very very good writer. He's very talented. Probably so. Doubt about it. He just chose, and I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves because he chose the medium of comics rather than just paperbacks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so the story of V for Vendetta is you have Hugo Weaving playing the titular V. He's a basically he's a terrorist who is trying to bring down the government because the government's turned into a right, an extreme right wing fascist government, authoritarian government. Um, he basically gets involved with a not involved in that way but a young woman called Evie Hammond played by Natalie Portman she basically gets kind of caught up in V's sort of plot to bring down the government She he saves her from being well, raped well sorry no you, 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 you forgot her backstory where she loses all her bras and right, so she okay. never wears a bra Does she <laughs> in <not>? this film. <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess. I never, it's not something I noticed. So it's um, our Princess Leia moment, yeah, for the, for, for the whole you know, film. It, yeah, you know, it's set in the future world of 2020, so, you Where know. Where no one wears bras anymore. Yeah, yeah. The, obviously in Feminism the future. Feminism Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the feminism, they've got that down for all yeah, you know yeah, in, this, yeah. in this future dystopia. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he she gets involved in the plot that he's basically trying to bring down the government. You know, V's this very um, vaudevillian, as he calls himself, character, who's, you know, very eloquent. You know, he's got a love for... He's got a f- love of fine tastes, if that makes sense, you know. But he's and a thesaurus. Also, and a thesaurus, 
which is but heavily stuck on V. <laughs> yeah, stuck on the letter V. Yeah, um, he's like Joey with the with the with the encyclopedia. <laughs> cell, with the encyclopedia with volcanoes, Vesuvius, Vas Deveron. <laughs> but he's um, he's also he's as deadly and violent and vicious and cold blooded as. Um, Basically, as any psychopath, basically, <laughs> and um, you know they that ex- they do explain a lot of that in the f- film. But he's he's basically the film revolves around his plot to to try and bring down the government by blowing up the Houses of Parliament on the fifth of November, um, a year hence from the start of the film. Um, you've also got other good British actors in there. You've got John Hurt who plays the um, the High Chancellor. Who's mm. like the dictator of Britain, um, called that, that, uh, called that Adam fella Sutcliffe. off of nineteen eighty four. Yeah, he literally does appear like nineteen eighty four on a on a big screen. Uh, Stephen Fry's in there. Stephen Ray is in there, who's low key brilliant in this film, if you ask me. Um, other great actors like Roger Allen, Sinead Cusack, um, just top people. Faces, you, go on. Sorry. Very recognisable faces from yeah. British telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very recognisable. And yeah, so that's sort of the synopsis of the film. Um, they 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 did make a lot of changes from the graphic novel. Like I think in the graphic novel, Evie's basically a sixteen-year-old streetwalker who's basically a prostitute, and she's very <laughs> right. uneducated. And where in this, she's more of a you know she's a she's a Shakespearean girl who's despite her past is very well educated. Uh, or she, 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 she might not be well educated. Shakespeare wealth. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she said there is a discrepancy, which I might get into later. But yeah, that's so that's kind of like the sort of the synopsis to it. Um, I first saw this film, I think, I think I saw it when it came out on DVD. So maybe six, eight months after it came out, really enjoyed it. So I was like eighteen, I think, when I saw it, maybe nineteen. So it was very much up my. Um, Adolescent brain, so to speak, a man going right around in a Guy Fawkes mask, bringing down the establishment man. Yeah. You know, and you know, and uh, fascism is always something that uh, people always like to make films. Just about to check, it. are you pro or anti-fascism? I mean, I would like to think I'm anti-fascism. Right, okay, good, good. Just, but you know, yeah. maybe next week. Ask me in a week's time. Yeah. <laughs> I may have changed my mind. It might um, be relevant next week. So yeah, oh. so some. Would you like to know what I like about this film? I've been waiting all week to hear why you like this film. Yeah, too, so no, tell that's, that's very interesting. Um, first and foremost, I actually really like Hugo Weaving's performance in this. I think he's really excellent. He plays a man who literally never takes off a mask and you don't see his face. And somehow he's actually able to portray this quite complicated person. Um, and give him humanity yeah. and, and without, without even being there most of the time in the, at least in the first month of the filming <laughs> yes yeah oh, so you heard about that yeah, yeah. Um, I would I would be interested to see what so yeah there was basically originally James Purfoy of Rome fame was um, he was hired to play V and he's a fine actor uh, very good very very British um, but for some reason, apparently, the the writers and the director just felt it wasn't working. And the producer, Joel Silver, you know, of The Matrix again, and I think Lethal Weapon fame. Um, yeah, he just they just decided to get rid of him. They, he got the boot. And yeah, I don't think, yeah, he, apparently, he, he, whenever it's brought up, he's he's not very he's not very happy to talk about it. Would say. Really? Uh, I mean, that's yeah. like, uh, oh gosh, I forgot his name. The fellow who was originally cast to be Martin Ma- McFly. Yeah, Martin McFly. I can't remember his name Eric, either. Eric, um, 
Is it Eric Stoltz? Stoltz, that's the fella. Yeah, yeah, that must be absolutely galling to think now that he's had a career, but he could have had that. He could have had that career. Apparently, there are shots in in this film that is James Purfoy behind, wow. in the in the outfit and all that. I think at least with I think I think the one saving grace for um, James Purfoy is. I just called him Eric Purfoy, I think, Baxson. <laughs> <laughs> for four This is Purfoy. how you create supervillains. It is, know. yeah. <laughs> Mispronouncing their names. Cancel, like like uh, Marlon Wayne says in a scary movie, cancelling TV shows is what makes serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting cut, getting cut from films. So yeah, he, um, he, he, he... I think what saves him a little bit is any of the behind-the-scenes stuff or anything. You know, when they show, like, set photos, there's no... Any of the set photos are just him in the yeah. V outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, I mean, he's it's probably not, a stuntman for quite a lot of those scenes anyway. Yeah, so, like, basically... Um, like there are those shots, isn't there, of Eric Stoltz in with yeah. like in like like shot for shot uh, uh, that stuff they've done <laughs> with uh, Michael J. Fox uh, later on. But yeah, so um, but yeah, this film has got. Let's be honest, it's got themes for days, Sam. <laughs> that's a, um, a we, week. There's a week or two at least in there. Yes, you know. Tell me what they are. Well, you've got obviously. The, the the you know fascism authoritarianism ultra conservatism um, you know authority versus anarchy um, you've got um, you know the media. good versus evil yeah the media you know justice you know what is justice what is truth you know all this sort of stuff um, it's got you know f- fear terror you know um, Conspiracy theories, all it's got, it's got a lot. There's a lot. This, you know, you know, V says, you know, behind the mask is an idea, and you can't kill an idea. There's this film is hard to kill its ideas. Um, maybe you might, you might think it might even be a scattergun approach. Who can say? But I, uh, yeah, I think that's a big, a big. I think there, there, he does. There is a lot of ideas about, you know freedom and things like that and I think they are a major theme but at no point did I really feel like even though there was a few exposition dumps at no point do I feel like the ideas are sort of not relevant because this guy is a like he says he's a he's he's a weird character he's a weird dude (laughs) you know so when he talks about like justice lady justice going you know being absent and um when he's talking about his ideas and they can free people and all this sort of stuff. Uh, what else do I like about this film? So, I, you know, I think I think something you would like personally is there's a lot of references to Shakespeare and I know you have a, you're a big fan of the Count of Monte Cristo. There's a, there's a big reference to that. There's one reference in that right at the end of the film that I just didn't... That went completely over my head. When she says he's Edmund Dantes. Yeah, I had to Google that, yeah. I had no <laughs> idea what that is. But for me, personally, and it's going to give the game away slightly, the bit that makes, for me, makes this film a great film rather than just a good film is when Evie's being basically tortured and, you know, she's in, like, the the concentrate... What she thinks is, like, a concentration camp, essentially, of some form, or detention centre, should I say, rather, is... Um, she... She talks about... she. You get the scene, you get the little montage about the Valerie, you know, the, the lesbian 
and the actress. Oh, is that how you define her? Well, actress, lesbian, that's kind of what ends <laughs> Well, her, her sexuality is what gets her into into the detention centre, sadly. So you're doing what they did and you're justifying it by saying, putting, well, the fascists... By putting labels that. on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she... That bit is, you know, when you find out it's true and it's completely harrowing and you've just... You're in bit... I was in bits whenever I watched that bit. It's so sad. And for me, it kind of raises the film up a bit because it puts... It adds in a bit of humanity that sometimes this film, especially in its... Maybe it's... Um, in its villains, it's lacking a tiny bit of humanity. They're, they may be larger-than-life characters, like, you know, you see a bit of um, Provolero, like, poncing around in his bathroom, watching himself. But, you know, none of them are very nuanced. They're all kind of like, MacReady's very, you know, he's ha-ha, Machiavellian, and, you know, <laughs> um, um, Stutler's very, you know, authoritarian, sort of dictator, sort of character... Were um, you just doing a salute there, or were you just adjusting? No, I was just, I was just, just kind of doing. <laughs> I was just raising my arms like some sort of authoritarian would at a pulpit or something, you know, proselytizing to the masses, you know, sort of Hitler-esque, I guess. But I just no, there wasn't. I had to be aware of that. There wasn't. A, there wasn't like a. I wasn't saluting. I wasn't doing a Roman salute, Nazi salute, just, Sam. Yeah. I don't think we've seen Doctor Strange Love yet, but there's a sort of. It felt a little. Oh, where he's like trying you. to stop himself from <laughs> yeah. doing it because he's because he's so used to doing it. That's very. That's a good film. Um, Great film. So yeah, that's for me makes it more than just a good film because they could have had her in the detention centre and they could have had a breaking and then being spoiler being freed and it turned out V. But they add in this layer of humanity, which I think is very important to this film. Um, and also, it's strangely, you know, a lot of what they've put into this film is it seems to be more relevant today after like. Brexit and now with the pandemic and all this than it was almost 15 years ago when it was made like the mm. like the the message the warnings that it's giving out here are more relevant than they they were all those years ago um and there's um and it's sort of like in Britain we have this kind of idea that you know extremist ideologies politically happen in other countries not here and there was an American who wrote a book in the, I think it was in the 50s or the 30s or something, called It Couldn't Happen Here, which was a, a book about Americans becoming a fascist state, going, oh, well, it couldn't happen here. That's, you know, that happens in other places. And this is kind of the British version of It Couldn't Happen Here, I think. Um, what you might not like, Sam, what you might not like about this film... Um, it maybe suffers from a bit of uh, what one reviewer wrote as word salad. You know, no one actually speaks like that in real life. You know, the way that sort of um, V speaks and the way... Even Are you talking about the vexatiously verbose way that he... Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, something else with giving a V. Yeah, lots of uh, V words there. Um, even the Even like Stutler talks almost in like sound bites when he's talking about like you know the things that he won't allow to happen and you know all this kind of stuff and when he's talking about banning um 
the uh, Tchaikovsky overture and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's. I think you might. On the other hand, have you heard Michael Cove speak? (laughs) It's only in in these sort of cliches, isn't it? Yeah, something else you know that makes it relevant today is maybe in 2006 it wasn't something we might have been aware of in Britain, but you know these sort of you know when. Provero's doing his news bulletin and he's going, you know, I'll tell you what I think because you, you want to know what I, you, I think because you're watching. That's very alien to a British audience, somebody giving their or should be on British television and it still kind of is to a point. It's very alien, a news anchor giving yeah. their opinion. But then when but, you, I suppose when you listen to Bill Hicks stuff in the early 90s, he's talking about Rush Limbaugh doing that sort of stuff. It's, yeah. It's proliferated now, but it's very still much, was a it, thing in America. It's very much an American thing Today. And in the original graphic novel, he was actually a radio host, a news radio host rather than a TV. But I think the I think it was actually more shocking as a British audience watcher when he's giving the opinion like what looks like on the news at ten, almost you know pre GB News, which was too well. Much this for Andrew is Neil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If GB News can be too much for Andrew Neil, you know, and Andrew Neil was never really that afraid to give his opinion, especially no, on this no. week. And do you know what? I I used to really like this week. I I was, I, I, I yeah, I, I thought it was really good, and I, I especially liked it when he had Ben Shapiro on and uh, put him in his place. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was on the. That was when he was. Yeah, that was. That was on the daytime stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. But but this week was more political. But he was. He would be like I knew his like leanings, but he would be fair to both sides, or he would be as critical to both sides of the the political divide. But anyway, yeah. So that's that's kind of. Well, I mean. It it kind of the one thing I would say I've mentioned already the villains come across as a bit two dimensional. You might have found that a bit of a turn off, um, and also it does feel a little adolescent. You know, it's the whole these ideas will create a revolution and oh we'll all be free and it's like yeah that's great and all but what 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 do you do after the revolution? There's no about exploration. I've been paying into my pension for years. <laughs> what a you know, bad. But what about what happens to, in countries after revolutions happened? You know, that's that's something that that's where the revolutions, so to speak, are won and lost almost. You know, like the French Revolution, famously. You know, the revolution ate its children when Robespierre was executed and all this kind of thing. So, you know, what would have happened to Britain after Sutler's death and downfall, and would it have gone back to a peace-loving democracy, um, or would it have? Um, you know, would it have gone even more extreme, but in a different like direction? So there's no, there's no, there's a, there's an assumed idealism that's going to proliferate after the death of this regime. But anyway, Sam, I've talked at you for long enough. I'm dying to hear what you think of this film because I really don't know. I think you're either going to really enjoy it or you're really going to hate it. I don't think there's... This film just doesn't seem like you're going to go, meh, to me. It feels like you're going to have a real opinion on it. So I'll uh, see you after the break. And so will Sam. Let's find out. Welcome back to the second part of Please Watch This. So, now we're going to get Sam's opinions on V for Vendetta. Uh, Sam, uh, 
why don't you start off by telling us what uh, I'm trying to think of something, of something that can tie into this with the letter V, but I can't. So just tell us, <laughs> tell us what you liked. As we At least do. when when it gets to the things I don't like, you can say what did what vexed you. Yes, yeah. what uh, yeah, what vexations did you have? What about this film would you venerate, Sam? Yes, there I'm you do, go. I'm doing the work for you here. Yeah, you? yeah, well done. Uh, well, the the enduring part of this film is the symbol of Guy Fawkes mask, isn't it? You know, the yeah, we haven't even that's hard. Yeah, we haven't even spoken about the cultural impact that that bleeding mask has had, which does yeah. I think cheapen this film now a tiny bit uh, because any twat with twenty yeah. quid and an internet connection who thinks oh yeah I can rage against the machine and all this, you know. Because it's interesting, you were saying, I was saying before the break about what you might not like about this is, yeah, the adolescent brain side of you might go, yeah, revolution, viva la revolution, you know, and all this. But then the more mature side of you might go, well, yeah, what is what are the implications of this? And I'm, and even though in the film that's not even addressed, like what happens after Stutler and the fascists are gone, but um, maybe you might as a... Sophisticated film watcher, maybe. Are stereotypical teens wrong to think like that? Or are we, do we just grow old and jaded and worn down by the machine? Or um, are they? I think we realise there's more nuance. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think we get you get old and you become a bit wiser and you see the flaws and so you, you learn more about the implications of violent revolution, perhaps. And the, the the bad things that it's caused. It's easy to forget what an oasis of of um, civility and uh, peacetime we live in, isn't it? Oh, this yeah. feels like this is what everything has always been like, and even somebody without your knowledge of history and politics knows that this is really quite rare. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, you know, industrialized civilization. It's a civilization generally. This is, I think, there was in Britain. There's only been, or in Western Europe, there's only been one other period of like peace that kind of lasted as long as this did. And they still had the wars in between, like little wars, like say what we've got with like what we had with Afghanistan and Iraq. And that was between the end of the Napoleonic War in 1815 and the start, basically, of the second. Uh, First World War, about a hundred years period they had, where oh. they had, yeah, there was the Crimean War, obviously in Russia, and um, there was other little like skirmishes, so to speak, in Eastern Europe and the Turks and the Russians and Baltic countries kind of having conflicts. But in terms of like major Western, like obviously the Americans had a war with Spain in the 1890s. The British had the Crimea. They had the Boer War. They had things in like Africa, like with them in the Sudan. Um, I know there's other things that I'm completely forgetting here. And they're not, they're not conscripted though, are they? Or are they? Those wars. Oh, the ball like, war. We, we, we were at war for twenty years, but like that didn't affect me or you with Iraq and Afghanistan. No, no, there was no, there was no conscription. It was all abroad. Like yeah. these things, like the Boer War, does that affect most people back in England? Um, people went to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know. If, but then, if you're talking about, if you're saying the the threshold is conscription, then mm. you know, then you might say, well, actually, it's not. We, you know, we haven't had that long because maybe in Britain, yeah, we were all right. But say, like in America, they obviously had Vietnam, and that was that had a form yeah, of con- the lottery. 
yeah, I suppose, I suppose the, the, the threshold is either conscription or it's on your soil. Yeah. Essentially, how far would I have to go back before I'm worried for my daughter, like, going to school? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's really Second World War, I presume. Yeah. And then before that First World War, and then yeah. God knows before that. And then technically, there was no fighting in Britain. There was just bombings. But I get yeah. your point. I get your point. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, you're probably looking at the Second World War. And that's been, like, obviously 70-odd years now, so... Yeah. And I am fascinated by that by that thing, that, that adolescent... Uh, mostly adolescent ha- mindset of raging against the machine, you know, mm. presumably raging against the machine, even though really it appeals more to our generation and slightly older than us because mm. they were around in the early 90s. It's really you're 15, 16 getting into that band mm. because you really do start to understand how shit so many things are and, and yeah. all different things. And um, you, you see a lot of the contradictions, don't you, in the world and why is yeah. the world the way it is and you feel like it should... It should, you know, you 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 become Greta Thunberg for a, a few years, don't you? Essentially, yeah. But I mean, and I'm finding with my the... four-year-old daughter, she's old enough now to ask about death <laughs> and those kind of things. Parents. Where, <laughs> yeah, or, or you know, the idea that she doesn't want to go to school every day, and it's kind of like, well, really, have to, for, because of the wheels of capitalism, mean I have to work, so <laughs> you have to. And and if she asks questions like, but and like there was one time when she just started school when she said, but when do the days end? When do the days stop? And I didn't want to say in about 15 years, <laughs> you know, because cause that's that's un- unbearable. But the, what did, there you, is the, did you say like the holidays? What, I was basically trying to figure out what was going on. Basically, she was having very long days at school and she just wasn't used to it. And it was a case of, well, you know, for, for the... For the, for the foreseeable future, <laughs> you know these things and, and think, the wheels of it. I can't. I think there is a point that every kid goes through a point where they just hate going to school. They just yeah. wish they could just have some time away. Even because six weeks to. isn't long enough, you know. No, it's not, and it's and I mean, so so for you going back to work now, actually, are you feeling a little bit of like? Every for five days a week, eight hours a day. <laughs> this is mad. This is not a usable system. Um, I must admit, the last few days I've been really tired for no explicable reason, and I've been getting plenty of sleep, but just not. You know, by the end of the like, the last couple of days, I've just not gone to the gym after work because I just was too tired to go. I just was like, I just want to yeah. go home and sit down. Um, and you think, is this the, is this the system? Is this what everyone <laughs> I mean, does? I, I mean, obviously I've worked in the Is past this how everyone and, affords bread and pasta? I mean, I've, <laughs> I mean, I've worked in the past, Sam. It's not like it's, no, a, I know that, it's, not like it's I mean, a new I mean, concept to me. Having like, had a break eight from Eight hours work. a day till nine yeah. five? What? I mean, but I was joking. That's all. The, that's the best hours of the day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally was joking with my colleagues today going, Oh, whoever came up with this five days a week malarkey? <laughs> well, they, uh, whoever came up with this five days a week malarkey were the saviors from the people who came up with the fucking yeah, six day a week yeah. malarkey. <laughs> they that. were actually True. they were the, yeah. they were the beauties, and um, and this you know sorry to go on a tangent, listener, but this is this film really we have gone very far away things. from what you think of this film. <laughs> yeah, because I because I, I just thought well this is a it's an interesting thing to talk about because we're in our thirties now, so. We're, old enough to look down on people in some way who want to you know rage against the machine yeah, and all that and have those tenders. ideals and stuff <laughs> because either because we know better or because we're jaded and and, the, and they know better but we're we're beyond it and and this film is really interesting so if i hated this film i wouldn't have got into this conversation you know okay it deals in themes and ideas that 
that that are interesting and and I I did think you would find these themes and ideas interesting. Yeah, I I I mean, one of my favourite novels is 1984. Yeah, and there is heavy 1984 vibes to this film. Oh, it wears it on its not only its sleeve, it's lapel. I mean, it it literally has, like you said, it has one of the actors who was in the film version. So yeah. yeah, 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 who would be looking up at a picture very much like him on the screen in, yeah. in this. Uh, the anti-hero thing is great. I, I love an anti-hero in a yeah. film, you know, which is which is what he is, uh, what, which is what V is in this film. And, is this like the and, only film that I could think of where Hugo Weaving's like the main star? Like, I can't think of another film where he is the lead actor. What is he being? He's been in so little. He's amazing. This actor mm. and this voice. Yeah. What a CV, but like in the last ten years, what? Not, why isn't he? In, sure. Why isn't he an A-lister? I don't understand it. I don't know. I'm not sure. He's in Lord of the Rings and the Matrix. Yeah, he's amazing voice. Like, I mean, he's not he hideous is, to look at. He's, I know, mean, he's one of the main fantastic. stars of the Matrix. To be fair to him, yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and he's not. In, apparently, he's not going to be in this new one, is he? Because of does he have a like, really bad agent? There? <laughs> I don't know. Some people are just happy. I mean, if you've done your Hollywood movie making stuff, you may, you know, maybe he was just happy to take his millions and do little bits here I, and there. Oh, is he underrated? Is he underrated by? He could be under, does he he is not, underrated. Is there some metric by which he fails? Is he not a box he office? He has grown out. Of his box office is Lord of the Rings and the Matrix. He's like, grown out a big old beard. And MCU. Recently. He's grown out a big old beard. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's ripe for, a, I don't know, Sam Neill in Hunt for the Wilder People role. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Or just a really good, a really good career in audiobooks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, I just want it to serve me. Um, right. And he's, He's fantastic, and you know, it's there's so much good in this film. I do like a good dystopian film, and it there's a real recognizable quality in this that you'll also find in Equilibrium and 1984, and you know, just about any other dystopian future, uh, even if it's like Hunger Games or whatever. That I really like. It's well written. It's well written both in a kind of story sense, but also. A lot of great lines, and obviously we'll we'll come to that in greater detail when we get to the um, favourite lines part of our show, which is uh, fairly traditional. Um, I liked... What's really interesting is is looking at this from the perspective of someone in 2021, um, because a lot of the, th- the things that they see as fascist, or uh, I can't find the right words to describe this, but basically somebody who now is, say, a proper QAnon type American type Fox News viewer type yeah. person would love this film because they think this is what mainstream media is like but from the other side of the aisle so they think media mainstream media lies oh, etc yeah. you know and all these lockdown rules are some sort of socialist agenda uh, sort of thing as opposed to this great fascist thing yeah. I find that so fascinating I don't know I don't know how to feel about this film in 2021 where where, like I say, Alex Jones would watch this film and go, this film is absolutely spot on. But he like, wouldn't look at it. Greta Thunberg would watch this film and go, this film is absolutely spot on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it almost made me not... This is this is how bad the divisive sort of culture war thing has been where I thought, I almost didn't want to watch, didn't want to like this film because I thought this seems to be making some of the points that Alex Jones would make. Do you see what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, no, so you're kind of saying somebody with a 
right-leaning libertarian sort of attitude would be would they would look at the scenes when you know like when they talk about the demolition of the curfews yeah or the demolition of the old bailey as if like oh yeah or the destruction of it being oh the demolition and oh they haven't they haven't a lark and they're they're sat going the left-wing media is saying curfews and and lockdowns and vaccinations it's all lies that's that's kind of so you're seeing it through that prism of this is how they must see the news if that makes sense yeah in the in the way that 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 compass has been so morphed and corrupted, yeah. so libertarianism means right, and left is whatever is left. Do you know? Whereas actually, right, I see the, mean, they're forgetting yeah. the two axes. You know, of left and right, and authoritarianism and, and um, libertarianism. Yeah. When you when I hear libertarianism, I immediately think of Ben Shapiro instead of. Christopher Hitchens. Do you know, what, Do you know I mean? who like, I think of? Because <laughs> apparently he's a massive libertarian. Oh, Ron Swanson. No, no. Um, um, the WWE wrestler Kane. Apparently he's a massive libertarian. Oh, like, he ran in politics. Yeah, he's a mayor? a mayor in a town in some bumfuck somewhere in America. But yeah, he's... Um, this is the madness that the last 15 years has served us, or five years, whereby... Yeah, being libertarian, being pro-free speech means you are basically Katie Hopkins, Piers Morgan, <laughs> Alex Jones, Stephen Crowder, all these awful terrible people. people. Yeah. yeah, because do they want the freedom to say awful things? <laughs> uh, uh, but for them, they think that the left means um, stopping you being able to have any freedom of speech, stopping you being able to have any freedoms, um, making sure you wear a mask, definitely pinning you down and vaccinating you. And... Um, and vaccinating a, you mean <laughs> vaccining you and it's, it's a, a, what's really funny is I I, uh, I think the Vietnamese the get vaccining <laughs> after watching the film I watched the um, cinema sins you know everything wrong with oh yeah uh, video and it's so funny it was from 2014 oh, okay and the guy says when it came up about America having a second civil war, he says, "What would Americans have a second civil war for?" And he lists off some really like funny, ridiculous things. Mm. And I thought, well, obviously. And I looked at the I looked at the video. It's from 2014. And I thought, oh, he doesn't know. He doesn't know it's happening. <laughs> like they're, they're not they're not in a civil war, but they're in this massive divide. If you follow any news yeah. and you know social media whether that's happening really in streets and yeah. whatever who knows but in, at least culturally it's happening. in preparation for this i watched the um the wisecrack edition um v for vendetta deep or dumb which is a an excellent little video but that that was done last year in the height of lockdown but also the george floyd protests and right. they were basically saying you know, there was an aspect to this that I never even thought of, you know, like that was relevant to, to into the last like 18 months, you know, that, about protesting and how to protest. And they were saying, obviously, you know, stay safe because of the COVID and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing. And then obviously race comes into it with this film and just being Irish means you're a paddy and you're, you're lesser than, than somebody else and all that. It's... What are you trying to say, Sam? <laughs> well, these Roger Allen's words, not mine. You know, that's, oh, that's my usual go-to uh, right. defence. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so, you're saying, I, I mean, so you're saying Roger Allen's racist? <laughs> yes, yes, is what I'm saying. Uh, At me, for legal Rog, reasons, we have to point out that Roger Allen is a great racist. friend of a friend of a show, Roger Allen. <laughs> Uh, is is uh, is racist? Yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry again, about that. Can, I might have to edit this out for legal reasons. <laughs> he you is, wouldn't. 
literally you won't do that because it'll take an extra 10 minutes there's no chance you're going to do that <laughs> for comedic reasons Sam believes this <laughs> it's all for the content it's not so, for the uh, lack of so shall we, um, shall we bring it back to what you actually think of this film a bit oh the film because um, we do yeah, have I, to the, what did you like about this film great moments as well and, and you know I love that the I love that she spots that the newsreader blinks a lot when she's saying a story that isn't true yeah and again you know Gave you 1984. So I gave Hugh 1984 the book. Are we saying it's last Christmas? Or it was? I feel like it was two Christmas. No, you bought ago. it two Christmases for, ago for me. You didn't give it ah. to, to me till last Christmas, and I'm about a, a quarter of the way through. So it's my fault. I didn't do it early enough. It's I only gave you it 11 months ago. Yes. So, um, in that, there's a lot of. Uh, talk of you know media outlets giving stories that aren't really true uh, mm. and basically once you report on something that's it that's that's the truth and I love the idea that the news reporter blinks a lot when she's telling a story that isn't she knows isn't true uh, I thought it was a great, great theme and it's a lot of my notes revolve around oh this is another moment where it reminds me of this other thing you know there's a there's this reminiscence of Auschwitz and concentration camps the the moment where they're throwing bodies into a pit. There's yeah, a, that bit's um, awful, isn't it? It is, and it's reminiscent. Of, for me, I don't know if this is just the thing that happens in a lot of videos, or if they saw the specific video I saw of literally two guards swinging a body in by arms and legs uh, into a pit of, of bodies like that. And it's you know it's a very purposeful uh, evocation, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah David Irving, if you're listening, pray. Yeah, David. Um, and I just thought there's just so for, much for legal reasons I will say he is racist <laughs> just in case you don't want anyone coming across and saying he's not yeah, legally yeah, racist yeah, yeah we just want to make out, just make sure that the world knows he's a massive anti-Semite <laughs> <laughs> and denies the Holocaust and got convicted for yeah. that uh, yeah, just, well, but anyway carry on so. sorry rightfully so and there's great performances there's so many recognisable faces in this film from everywhere I love a couple of the reveals, especially when it turns out she was at uh, V's place the whole time. That bit is good, isn't it? Being interrogated. I must. One thing because I would I, say about this about Natalie Portman in this film is she can't do an English accent. She just is she Australian? In what this, is she it's thinking? A character Australian. Yeah. She's trying to do some like oh, all right, Gav. Now I'm a Cockney, but it sort of turns. Why not hire an English person or make her American? I mean, I don't. Was, it's so obvious was, to the listener. I mean, was, I, I guess Kira Knightley was making Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Natalie Portman for seriously is a yeah. very talented actress, and she's very very smart person. She's clearly very. She, you know, this was clearly close to her heart, you know, and and the bit when she, you know, like you said, when V releases her from his her, his little detention center that he's got for her, she's clearly, you know, that scene where she's kind of emerges into the rain and talking about God and all that. That's very great, greatly acted. But when she's trying to talk, she just she sounds like somebody with someone stuck in her throat, and it's like, she, yeah, she sounds like any number of American actresses who are trying to do English yeah. and essentially doing Amer- Australian. She yeah. sounds like Kylie Minogue, Minogue so much, <laughs> and it's it's a, it's a it's a problem. And actually, it's very was Gillian Anderson apparent. too old for this? If they wanted it's, to American? <laughs> it's very apparent that this was written by Americans for Brits, yeah, because every British person says bloody. 
Really? And not every British person says bloody. And bloody at some point he says, that, eh? he says, I like, I can't remember what I like this as much as any other bloke. Yeah. And I don't think he says it sardonically like he's just throwing out the word bloke. To, it's just like, this is an American writing an, an English guy. Who's, not all English guys say bloke. Blokes say bloke. Neil Morrissey say, says blokes. Um, tubes. No, what's his name? Tube. What's his no, name? You're right, From tubes. Yeah, tubes. Tubes. Probably says blokes. Like, I say there blokes. are people who say blokes. You say blokes. I, I don't some, think... I, I don't think V will, would say blokes, though, would he? He wouldn't say blokes, exactly. Yeah. And and that was... Uh, one of my favourite and least favourite bits was when it was Yorkshire weaving. Or maybe Lancashire? I think he's more... Yeah, it's more Lancashire, isn't it? it my favourite. It kind of swoops... From, is he from Bolton? He's from it, Burnley, I think. It you know? swoops between the two, doesn't it? It's Complete and total egomanic demolition. Yeah, I did <laughs> like... Yeah, I did enjoy that. Hedgehog. It was... I really... I just chef kissed that one <laughs> the whole time he was on screen. So, thing about this lad is, uh, you're not. If you're it's not on the what they're doing. I tell them, you've I tell got you, to do it before that. I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, isn't that that was a that was a key whole moment? Thing like, wasn't Oliver Cromwell from like? East Anglia. So I just have this image that he's kind of a bit partridge. Oh, he's the king. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, um, Shakespeare was brummy, I think. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, know, based yeah. On, yeah. Based on some rhyming patterns and various things. Julia. <laughs> Julia. <laughs> Romeo, Romeo. I can't do it. I can't do it. Romeo. 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 <laughs> or um, oh, apparently, <laughs> so Joseph Stalin, to bring it back to oh, totalitarian <laughs> dictators, um, obviously he was Georgian and he spoke um, Georgian with a really thick Sorry, he spoke Russian with a really thick Georgian accent, which basically made him sound like a proper, like it basically like going, "Oh, oh, I'm in charge of the Soviet <laughs> Red Army now. I am. I'm going to take." Death of Stalin country. do so much justice to him. They, 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 they made him cockney, cockney bastard. Yeah, you know? which was very yeah. funny. But yeah, apparently he sounded like a yokel to the Russians. <laughs> well. Another another observation I had was I never realised how similar Hugo Weaving's voice was to Rowan Atkinson's. Okay. I knew it was Hugo Weaving before the film. I knew it was Hugo Weaving during the film. I never but noticed occasionally, this before. I listened to his voice and it is pure Rowan Atkinson. That's that's changed this film for me now because now all yeah, I can honestly, just imagine is Mr Bean dancing yeah, around in a V for Vendetta just Mask. Drop it an octave or two from Bean and it is pure Rowan Atkinson. Like, <laughs> either Bean, you know, Series 2 Blackadder or Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, it's great. Him yeah. going, that, that it be? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm not a tourist. <laughs> um, well... Is there what didn't you like about this film, Sam? Because we are. Uh, it's unlikely. I mean, it's unlikely, isn't it? You know, a pandemic in 2020 and a fascist government and all that. Right. So you, the credulity was stretched. Was that it? Yeah, unbearably so. Um, um, anything that on, you didn't on, like, unsarcastically. So that's the sarcastic thing. But to actually add to the same point is the same problem with all dystopians when you put them on film is that they are completely unbelievable. And I, I love 1984 as a novel. I buy it as a novel. But when you put it on film and they start using words like sector 
yeah. quite a lot and processing quite a lot. Yeah. You kind of go, this is not a human thing. This is not a human reaction to things. And really, what what we're what we, the the small bits we've seen in our culture of UK and USA of little hints of fascism. We don't really have any, you know, kind of first-hand knowledge of fascism around the country, around the world, but um, it's not like that because the human spirit won't deal with that, and it has to be in a more palatable way, and so it becomes un unbelievable, you know. And I think okay. it was probably more believable in two thousand and six watching this film than it is now, where neither country has had properly fascist governments, but we've had. Um, we've had right wing unsavory right wing governments and and that sort of stuff uh it obviously doesn't compare to to third Reich sort of stuff but but it, yeah I, I just it became unbelievable in the sense that I didn't see this as a genuine social commentary in, in that sense if that makes sense do you feel that like would, that would have done if it was do a, you think it was a good so because they they always say any film that's meant to be set in the future is always really just talking about the current political climate or whatever do you feel yeah. like it was representative of 2006 2005 it's know. a great allegory for what the how people feel about a certain thing um i think yeah personally watching this now like 50 i can't believe this film's 15 years old but mm. i actually think this film or this property is actually ripe for another another go on film yeah true. I think I think a lot of the themes that it deals with are a lot more pertinent now than like the, okay that threat of fascism and totalitarianism is always now that we know what it looks like and what it's you know what it's spots are we kind of know to be always on the lookout for it well here's the thing right so the the Prothero stuff is the more uh, Relevant. realistic stuff yeah because yeah, that is exactly what Fox News is like yeah you know it really is it doesn't even seem dystopian you watch Fox News and you watch Sean Hannity and all these Tucker Carlson types and you go that isn't even parody if he said those <laughs> things but said US instead of UK that wouldn't even be parody that would be exactly what they would say the, the, the stuff that is unbelievable is, is the sort of big you know big black gloves and marches and things I think because because too many people wouldn't agree with it and they would go, look, you are literally like Nazis. Yeah. Whereas now, we go, you are literally like Nazis because of little kind of inferences. Like Donald Trump, if you were to look at everything he said, he probably only said a few things that were openly, properly racist in public. Yeah. You know, like Mexicans, they're rapists, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Most of the stuff isn't indictable, you know, isn't like... Really, you know, if you're arguing with somebody who loves Trump, and you go, "Why do you love Trump?" and they say, "Well, he's he's not what the media portrays. He's not very, he's not really racist. He's not really sexist." You have to point to little things that were that were recorded in little conversations. It's not like he comes up and says, uh, "Men are better than women. White people are better than black people." Uh, this that can be taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> don't, please don't edit that. You know, do you know what I mean? But he doesn't say those things out loud, yeah. and so. That's where it sort of stretches it, whereas actually the, the, the kind of, you know, talk show stuff mm. and all that is the more believable aspect Fair of enough. it. So you weren't bored by this film in any way then? Certainly not bored. No, certainly I, not I, bored. I think, like, in terms of criticisms, thing, like, I, I like the scene, but, you know, the bit where he 
kills uh, Creedy and he fights all those guards. Oh, and yeah. I like that knife fight sort of gun knife fight thing but I, I really wish I could just take off like the little trails that the knives have because it just lo- it's so yeah, reminiscent it's, of sort it's of, a very it's a very goofy film yeah it's very goofy and I wish it was less so I completely yeah. agree on that scene I think I, I enjoyed it was just that more bit. believable yeah. that he could survive that barrage of gunshots yeah. I thought there was a greater trick up his sleeve rather than just a, a bulletproof vest because yeah. They're not only going to shoot those bits. You, they're not. You're not going to survive it. Like that's not how bulletproof vests work. Just if it was less goofy than that, I just, I really wanted mm. it to be more believable that bit. And uh, it is quite goofy as a film, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. But certain parts of it, it's just sort of a bit silly and a bit sort of. Um, I, I mean, I like that he can handle himself and I like the fact that he's yeah, he is yeah. he is cold he's a cold blooded murderer, you know what I mean? He is like you say he's yeah. very charming, but he is, you know, to those who have wronged him, you know, those who's got his vendetta and those who he gets in his way, you know, some of the like there's that scene where he stabs that guard in the television studio. Yeah. And he just and he stares at him kind of as he's dying, you know. And then just turns well, away. This is that you you realise this is a man just killing a working man. Yeah. And yes, he's a member of the repressive state apparatus yeah. and, and so on. But yeah, the, you do get this this sense of that. That's, but that's, I suppose, what makes him anti-hero. But yeah. and it's, it's also it's a bit matrixy in those in those bits. It's basically going... It's kind of playing the yeah. same matrix theme. You can see the Wachowski's kind of fingers all over it, can't you? And it, oh, yeah. And the fact that this guy was the assistant director on those Matrix films. Matrix Clearly. Films has the same sensibilities yeah, and I did like that craft. about it yeah. but the that's, that's is, what I would change that's why I say it's kind of almost ripe for a, a new adaptation well do you know what actually I'd, I'd keep those because it's stylistic but I'd just make it more believable so when he's so Grittier. confident <laughs> and he's facing yeah he's facing down 10 guns and he's so confident he's going to beat them and ultimately you find out the reason why he's confident is because he's got a bulletproof vest on well, that is disappointing yeah and I think like well I think his mask's also bulletproof and probably... And his mask. And his hat but and his... Neck. And his top of I the head. I think his neck's got... Legs. I think he's, I think he's got more bulletproof stuff on him than we realise. And he just takes out the breastplate. That's, it's just that... I think the idea is that the bulletproof me. vest worked to a point, but yeah. some of the bullets got through. And I think he also, also has yeah, some weird super They would knock strength. you off your feet. They would knock you off your feet and all yeah. that. And it just, I just wanted something to be clever. I thought, oh, is this some sort of ruse? Like, is there a reason mm. why he's so confident about his people? No, he's just he's just wearing body armor, and and also when he goes to stab them, he stabs so many of them in the chest. Mm. They they are going to be wearing stab vests, yeah, at a minimum. If they were just slightly higher up in the neck, I loved that it was just like comic blood, just cartoon blood yeah. everywhere. Presumably that's straight from the um, graphic novel. The f- no, I mean some of it might be, but the that that scene where he kills Creedy, that's a entirely f- fictitious film. See, I mean, they changed the final third of the the novel to the adaptation, oh, really? yeah, quite a lot because there's there's because it's it's it was three graphic novels, and basically they've had to omit characters from this and stuff like that because there's just not enough time for it. Have you ever read a graphic novel? Cuts it have to be honest. No, I've only read one. Which one? It was uh, Bedlam. It's really good. Oh, I've heard of it. Who's that? Yeah, really good. Yeah. Oh, and I've read the first um, Death Note. Oh, yeah. And the first one of those. 
But I just never continued with it, really. I mean, it's great. It's a great medium. Yeah. So, Sam, we're going to move on now to favorite scenes, uh, favorite lines, and favorite shot. What is your favorite scene of this film? Ah, uh, this was hard. This was hard to do. I think uh, I, 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 maybe when she's captured, uh, captured in, in in quote, you know, in, in quotes, yeah. uh, by 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 V and and tortured and questioned and all that. Maybe that because it's so. As an anti-hero, that's a really complex. I mean, it's more than a scene, but it's sort of a scene. It's a sort of tranche, montage, the of a, yeah, montage. Uh, that I think because yeah, she's it's it's the complexity of the of him when she comes out. It's a genuinely shocking reveal. You sort of see why she buys it around, why she buys it and goes around to him. But it's uh, yeah. fascinating, and it includes that whole scene of her taking the notes and reading them. And, uh, yeah, I would say that one. Yeah, mine's the same. I've called it the Valerie montage, but I suppose it's the kind of the her being incarcerated and then the scene. I don't know. I, it's it's almost like two scenes. Like it's the scene of her incarceration and her learning about Valerie, and then it's the reveal, obviously, that he's incarcerated. He's got rid of her fear and tested her loyalty and all this, and done a very yeah. awful thing to to uh, to try and rid her of her fear. And then you know she has the the great moment on the on the rooftop. Um, yeah, and I, and I I almost even like the aftermath of that where V's actually like upset because he's like. I really, you know, he's, they, they 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 fall in love. I think in this, quite frankly, yeah. even though there's probably a big age gap between them. But they're, 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 I they're, was they're, convinced he was her dad the whole way through. Really? Oh, okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's other good scenes that that I do like. Uh, I do like the bit at the beginning when he does the little uh, soliloquy, <laughs> as I want to call it. Um, <laughs> there's the bit. You know, at the end, when I like the bit when she stands up to the police officer when he goes, No, stop. And she's like, He's like, Take your hand away from that control panel. And she's like, She just coldly turns over and goes, No, that's kind of cool. Because she's yeah, like, cool. You know, she's basically going, You have to shoot me if you want to stop me. <laughs> um, her- now, on the soliloquy, are you talking about the V yes. soliloquy? Yes. That reminded me, uh, I, I'm on Reddit a lot and I'm on the r slash nice guy quite a lot. That reminded me of a nice guy who's trying to show off. He's right, uh, right. He's trying to say how much how much better he is than either the jocks or the normies <laughs> or the girl he's talking to, and he decides to show off his his um, Diction. vocabulary in that moment. Yeah, and we've all we've all done a a version of that. I'm sure at potentially. Some point in our life. So, yeah. as we're talking about favorite lines, what was your favorite line of V for, Den- v for Vendetta? Son? There are some great, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to start with the headline, the one that everyone should know, and probably your favourite line. People should not be afraid of their governments, governments should be afraid of their people. Yep, yeah, it's a very good line, it is. Um, you're going to laugh now, because I did go for the whole soliloquy. I just, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me, it almost, this, they do something almost similar, have you ever watched Bojack Horseman? I haven't. Oh, you'd love that. It's a really great show. But they always have a bit where they do like a really tough, like repetitive wordplay thing where they say like versions of the same word in a, in like a, in like a long sentence. And it's always really funny because it looks completely impossible to say, but it's, it's always <laughs> funny. But I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would, hopefully I can get it. Uh, I'm going to put on slow roast. I'll be right back. I'm, just, I'm hoping I can get it 
done in one in one go. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but there is one word in this that I don't actually know, and I've and I googled it early and I forgot how to pronounce it. So this could be quite tough. Um, <laughs> so he says. So he goes. But on this must oh, oh, fucked up before I've even started. You've already fucked up that let's, word. Let's Christ. So he says on this you fucked up this. <laughs> Doesn't even begin with a letter V. <laughs> so he goes on this most suspicious of nights. Permit me then, in lieu of more commonplace soubriquet, to suggest the character of this dramatis persona. Voila! In view, a humble vaudevillian veteran cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate. This visage, no mere veneer of vanity, is a vestige of the vox populi, now vacant, vanished. However, the valorous visitations of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish these venal and virulent vermin, vanguarding vice and vouchsafing the violently vicious and vicarious violation of volition. The only verdict is vengeance, a vendetta held as a votive, not in vain for the value and veracity of such shall one day vindicate the vigilant and the virtuous. Uh, verily, this uh, visor of verbiage veers most verbose, so let me simply add that it's my very good honour to meet you, and you may call me V. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that is the most it, fluently you've read anything else. It has uh, tell me about it. I'm always tripping up over my words when I'm what reading. What was the word? Vissoir. Yes, I've not uh, not heard that before. Apparently, it's like a soup. So French in it, French. Yeah, I had to Google it because I can. You, sometimes you fall over those ones. Um, it's like reading Shakespeare. When I was reading it, there, I was like, this on page. When you hear him say it, you're like, that doesn't make sense. But when you read it on page. Makes perfect sense, right. actually. Oh, close your eyes right now. Imagine yeah. you are Hugo Weaving. A big script lands on your desk, right? You yeah. open it up and you go, oh, I've got so many lines in these. Let me just skip to page 17. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> you want that in one go? <laughs> yeah, like, That's three days' work. <laughs> that is... It probably, I bet it, that is... He earned his crust, in he, on this one for that. <laughs> but I did like the line you said about, you know... People should be government should be afraid of the people. Yeah, and, and I noted a few down. I, I really it, liked. I think that's a, one thing I've noticed doing this film podcast is anything that has original source material that has basically been published. The lines are so much better nine times out of yeah. ten. Oh I, well, other than comedies, yeah, I think if they're adapted from novels, yeah, adapted from novels, or, they tend to be yeah, yeah. or short stories. Someone's really thought about but that. But go line. on, give us I a few really liked lines. Liked. When he's with um, Sinead Cusack's character, Cusack, um, are you going to kill me? And he says, I killed you 10 minutes ago mm. while you slept. Mm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And um, when John Hurt's character said, we are being buried beneath an avalanche of your inadequacies, Mr. Creedy. Mm. That was really good. And another one, um, the most reliable records are tax records. Yeah, that is true. Lovely. You know, Lovely. Thank, thank the... Thank, uh, Thank the Babylonians for those, eh? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've got a few more. I've got, well, I've got two more. Um, the bit when Evie's obviously having a panic attack after she found out she's been tortured by V, and, and V just goes, uh, this might be the most important moment of your life. Commit to it. <laughs> I really love that. That bit. is a really good line. Yeah, because yeah. it made me feel like, 
yeah, I should commit yeah. to Because you, you're so often moments. in two minds, aren't you, with things like that? And he's like, oh, you, oh you're it. so often just freewheeling, you know? Yeah. Just commit to it. I also like the line when in, um, he's when she wakes up at his, his, um, his shadow gallery, I think he calls it, and um, she's basically realises she's kind of a prisoner there. And he goes... He just basically goes, I wouldn't tell anyone. I wouldn't say anything. And he's like, ah, yes, mm. but you know the colour of the walls and that you're underground. And for a clever man, that would be enough. That I really great. like that line because that... He is silver-toned, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And that's that's kind of his, that, that just level of understanding that, yeah, that might not be a lot to everyday folk, but somebody, a smart investigator would, would yeah. figure it out with that, even yeah. with that morsel of information. And, you know, to go back to something I said a long time ago today was I watched There Will Be Blood recently and uh, a big a big conversation we got into was why do we like this character? And part of it is he's so good at it and so competent that you have to respect it. And I feel that with V, mm. you know, in order to be this successful for this long without being killed by the establishment, he has to be so good. He has to... Yeah, everything. Yeah. He's a genius, isn't he? Essentially. Yeah, yeah. He has to yeah. be so prepared all the time. Yeah. So driven. I was I was you would you mentioned anti heroes and you know, like I know this is a bit this is obviously a couple of years before the Dark Knight, but it kind of almost reminded me of the Joker to an extent. Even yeah. I know the visage yeah. has a Sim- similarity, but 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 it's the chaos to bring down. Yeah, it's, the it's like the chaotic it, good, yeah. isn't it? But the Joker's yeah, yeah, yeah. chaotic yeah. evil or chaotic, or he's neutral. No, he's chaotic evil, isn't he? The Joker. I don't really know the distinction, but he's yeah, yeah. I mean, because in this particular case in FIFA Vendetta, he is the good guy, so he's chaotic. Yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose it's like, or he's almost like a character like. The Joker would almost be somebody who, if he if he was if his if what he wanted to do was cause violent revolution and overthrow an authoritarian dictating government dictatorship, he could he could do that. But that he doesn't want to. He wants to. He wants and there to cause chaos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah doesn't chaos. Yeah, yeah. He 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 pointing out the chaos in the world. Like you know, he's talking about you know, it's things all part being part of a plan. You know, yeah. and you know, if a mayor dies, it's not part of the and plan. He's very good at plans. As we yeah, know. yeah, he's a planner to the absurdly good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so that's something I found I find interesting about V is that he's like an aspect of that those sort of classic sort of villains almost. But yeah, Sam, we are running into the time here tonight. Um, this is the themes for days. It is. This is symptom, this is what happens, is isn't it? Of that. Yeah, this is a symptom of that. So we're going to have a quick break as usual, and then when we come back, we're going to get the critics. Your... We haven't done favorite shot. We haven't, have we? Oh, do you know what? I'm going to save that for after the break. <gasps> Lads, email in at pleasewatchthispot.gmail.com. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get favourite shot, we'll get the critics, we'll get your review, the quiz, and what we're doing next week. Hello and welcome back to the third part of Please Watch This. So we left on a cliffhanger this this third part, didn't we, Sam? We didn't do favourite Oh, completely shots. on purpose. Um because I forgot. So, um, what was your favourite <laughs> shot, Sam, of this film? Uh, there are lots of pretty ones, but I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. Everyone converging in the masks. In the masks. Yeah, that is a good one. I went with when Big Ben blows up. 
yes yeah. when it's set to the uh, 1812 overture yeah it's really good isn't it it's a long held dream of yours isn't it oh, you know if only as an Irish nationalist <laughs> no I know the words really anymore not, not, not <laughs> in that way I mean you know it's like 100 years of independence I'm not overly fussed anymore <laughs> you've also lived here 27 years I'm sure you're fine Yep. 28 years. Yeah, there are some other good shots. There's some. I think the one great thing you get when you have a comic book um, adaptation is you can take a lot of the panels and do them verbatim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, like the, the, another great shot is when, you know, he's coming out of the... the um, out of the the detention centre and he's you know the fire and everything and he's got his hands in his air screaming and then they mimic that with Evie later on when she's holding her hands up to the rain that's a, a great yeah, shot isn't that it? is a striking image I yeah. mean and I to the extent that I was sort of thinking is this the silver surfer what yeah. what is this trying to show me a, a superhuman yeah there is I think there is a I think his his speed and power might be have been enhanced by those drug trials that he was on um, yeah quite possibly I don't know if it's ever I thought I was a bit stupid to miss out on some things or if it was just implied yeah. sort of things. but anyway so, yeah. should, we, should, we, should we smoothly transition into yeah. critical response that's where we're going so who else but the one and only Roger Ebert So, this is what Roger Ebert thought of uh, V for Vendetta, Sam. He says, There are ideas in this film. The most pointed is V's belief. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. I'm not sure V has it right. Surely the idea, ideal state governments and their people should exist happily together. Fear is either direction... Oh, piss off, you communist. ...lead to violence. But V has a, a totalitarian state to overthrow and only a year to do it in. <laughs> um, see, that's, that's the nuance, isn't it, of... Viva Vendetta, that's kind of maybe missing. You know, I think maybe Roger, Roger's probably right, really, isn't he? <laughs> what, the communist Roger <laughs> Ray? famous, the yeah. Bolshevik yeah. communist. I mean, ultimately, like, that's a very anarchist, almost anarchist thing to say. Although they don't believe in I any also form thought, of government. With, if somebody made an announcement today and said, join me in a year, the new cycle being as it is, just make it 20 minutes. <laughs> You know, a year? Are you kidding? Stephen Colbert's going to have a whole new show. Like, like that. That's that's like that's a whole new new. That's 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 three hundred and sixty at least six new news cycles. I mean, per day. <laughs> you do yeah, the math. Yeah, yeah. Um, how many stars do you think old Rog gave it? Stars, I reckon three. Bang on, yeah. Fair play to you. Well done. Oh, um, I know Rog. Finally, would you like a? Now, to be fair, he did. He had he, the review was quite glowing. It wasn't like all. He didn't obviously think it was three and a half stars or four, but I think he enjoyed it from what I gathered. But that was his kind of little bit of nuance and criticism to the film. Yeah. However, I've got a negative review for you here. Someone disliked it. Um, and another, was it Alex Jones? I don't know. I didn't try and. I don't know if he has a review of V. Was Fender. it Adolf Hitler? Um, was it A Hitler? Just to just like 
it just, just a little the libs. Yeah. Just some, I mean, I don't know if Peter Bradshaw in The Guardian would see himself as a Hitler, but he... What, Peter Guardian of the Bradshaw? Yeah, Tell Peter, me what Peter Guardian of the Bradshaw yeah, said. Peter Guardian of the Bradshaw, yeah. He uh, <laughs> says... Uh, so he says, v for, den- v for Vendetta is also... He presumably didn't say V for Dendetta. <laughs> <laughs> in print. In print, that would be... Yeah, V for Dendetta. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, he said Viva Vendetta he said this film is so da 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 his review was just dull <laughs> <laughs> he said Viva Vendetta is also V for Vagless vi- you've put me off now you prick <laughs> <laughs> you put yourself off <laughs> your illiteracy has cost us once again <laughs> <laughs> my ability to say words <laughs> oh, why did I even so Dieter Dutton in the Dordian yeah said what <laughs> <laughs> so, v- <laughs> right, get it together now. This is what we get for hiring Charlie Kelly to do the critics' response. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I've gone. I've gone. That's it. Oh, that's, it's going to be hard to do this review now. <laughs> So Terry Gilligan's yeah, um, <laughs> yeah <from Vendetta>. vaccining. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "V for Vendetta." It's also for Vagueless. Vague. Why can't I say? Oh, it's Vagueless. <laughs> I'm trying to say. I'm trying to make. I'm making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, I was so ready to just leave that joke beside. And just let you just read out the <laughs> review. <laughs> So if this is a two-hour episode, it's mostly because of this review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit some of this out. No, you're not. Just silliness. <laughs> Can't say it now. So he I said, "Didn't like it, Sam." <laughs> I'll, I'll text <laughs> Why? Why didn't you like it? I don't know. <laughs> I can't read it. <laughs> you never read it. You couldn't read it. <laughs> the dangness of the... Uh, these are dead. <laughs> this is like... It's like Phone Jacker trying to make a review. So, the down jack was... Uh, <laughs> right, I'm ready. We can do this. I'll take, oh, take a run up. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself. I'm going to mute myself. All right, I'm muting. V for Vendetta is also... For valueless gibberish, yet another graphic novel has been bulldozed onto the screen, strutting its stuff for an assumed army of uncritical geeks, a fan base product from which the fan base has been amputated. This film manages to be at right. All sorry, time- you 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 reading this that you mean you held at gunpoint. What's going on? <laughs> you mean, you've interrupted me now. You're making this longer. I'm muting myself again. <laughs> a fan base product from which the fan base has been amputated. This film manages to be at all times weird and bizarre and baffling, which in a completely boring way. Watching it is like having oxygen supply to your brain slowly starve over more than two hours. One star in the Guardian. He did not like Fucking it. Fucking hell. Yeah. He really, 
Well, to be fair, he's in the big. He's in the pocket of big. Big uh, Big Bradshaw. <laughs> big Bradshaw. <laughs> Peter Guardian's in the big. Big sort of Hollywood dystopia. Big Hollywood dystopia. Big dy- Is that a pocket big to sto- be in? Big stopia. <laughs> big stopia. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, but Sam, what was he thinking? I don't know. What? Do th- it's just it, even by Peter Bradshaw, Bradshaw Guardian in the Peter. Yeah. Christ. Even by Peter's standard, he's he he he's that's a level of vitriol I wasn't expecting. This is why we go for Ebert over Bradshaw. Just, because never... he's, he's more consistently right, is Bradshaw. He's um, not Bradshaw, is Ebert, you know. Yeah. Bradshaw often is wrong. I, I would love to actually hear, I've not. I've only read Bradshaw, I've never actually hear, heard him uh, I, speak. You put him in a lineup of two people, I wouldn't recognise him. Yeah, if he walked past me, uh, but I think he's... Presumably his bylines from 15 years ago when he got the job, you know, <laughs> I just don't think... Yeah, especially when he's doing FIFA Vendetta is also valueless gibberish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't hear that part because I thought you were being held at gunpoint, and I was calling. Every, I was calling everyone I knew in your town. Trying not to laugh. Voice sounds just a lot like my, uh, you, my <laughs> victim of kidnapping host- voice. Hostage ransom. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I ever get kidnapped and held as a hostage and made to read something, oh, out, I'll immediately know. <laughs> the listeners will immediately know. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, why, why are you sounding like you're trying to not to laugh? I'm not, I'm terrified. <laughs> just concentrating really hard. <laughs> but on this podcast, Sam. The only critic that yeah. truly matters is Roger yeah. Ebert, but no, the other, the real, <laughs> the only critic that truly matters is yourself. So, how many Natalie Portmans in schoolgirl outfits out of ten would you oh. give this? Don't say that because I'm going to think about sex for about ten minutes. <laughs> I, I just, do you know, when I saw this as a, as a as, even as a as a horny eighteen year old or nineteen year old, I saw that and was like, that's nice. But then never really thought of again. As a 33-year-old man, now I'm in... Very, I'm very b- confused by that scene. Because I'm... You are... That sh- I shouldn't enjoy that. Veering into priest territory It, it is, there. isn't I mean, it? It's, it's very confusing. Very confusing. It was very <laughs> that's striking. That's exactly what Alan Partridge said about the Bangkok Chick Boys. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 And that's what I said about Natalie Portman in this film. <laughs> you had a oh. <laughs> um, I want before I give the number, I want to vouch this. I think there's great things, thematically great, lots to talk about, as the listeners well aware of, because we've talked about this for about four hours. Yeah. Um, but too goofy and too silly. Seven. That's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I can see your point. I can get I yeah. can get where you're coming from because. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll take that away. Sorry. <laughs> Put your nipples away, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> For starters. Um, Yourself. Yeah. How many Natalie... Well, I, won't, I won't use that example. How many um, Burnley weavings out of ten would you give this one? <laughs> um, I don't know what that is, to be honest, but... Um, Oh, you know, uh, there's uh, a what does he call it? Total, uh, total <laughs> hegemonic, <laughs> hegemonic. How many total hegemonic? Complete and total hegemonic demolition. <laughs> he calls it domination. I think it was, wasn't it? Demolition. Well, hegemonic demolition doesn't make sense. Does it, uh, uh, lad? Get, sit this end down, lad, <laughs> and I'll talk about computing total computer. <laughs> like, it sounds like. Um, 
<laughs> you know the bit in Monty Python where the dad's the famous author, but he talks like a pit man and the son's a pit That's miner. a day's work, lad! <laughs> fly, yeah, fly. If you've got to fly from Concord from London to Paris to have lunch and then get back for dinner by five, that's a day's Tungsten work, turbine drills, lad. Tungsten turbine drills. <laughs> How are you like it down the mine, Ken? Oh, it's not too bad, Mum. We're using some new tungsten carbide drills for the preliminary coalface scaring operations. Oh, that sounds nice, dear. Tungsten carbide drills? What the bloody hell's tungsten carbide drills? It's something they use in coal mining, Father. It's something they use in coal mining, Father. You bloody fancy talk since you left London. Well, not that again. He's had a hard day, dear. His new play opens at National Theatre tomorrow. Oh, that's good. Good? Good? What do you know about it? What do you know about getting up at five o'clock in the morning to fly to Paris, back at the old Vic for drinks at twelve, sweating the day through press interviews, television interviews, then getting back here at ten to wrestle with the problem of an homosexual nymphomaniac drug addict involved in the ritual murder of a well-known Scottish footballer? That's a full working day, lad. And don't you forget it! Those <laughs> <laughs> trouble in treble. What's that? What's that? I don't know. <laughs> um, Okay, well, I would give this 9 out of 10. I really like this film. Oh! I like its oh. themes. I like Hugo Weaving. I can oh. put up with Natalie Portman's crap accent. Cause she has, she's not cause very she, good in this. She's... She struggles with the accent. If she could do the accent, I wouldn't be bothered. Or if they could just make it an American character. Yeah, 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 that wouldn't... So hurt. she could feel like... She could be like a refugee from America, couldn't she? Why not? She doesn't have to be from... Ha- ha- I mean, her parents go to a protest in Leeds. I don't know where she's from, yeah. but, like... She doesn't have to be English. She sounds like somebody who's as acting. She's trying to get the, keep the vowels in the right part of her mouth, because she's... So she, she can't focus on being believable. Yeah. But I, um... But there is... The, there's a kernel of good acting in there when, um... You know, when she's being tortured and all that jazz. There's a kernel of star power. Yeah. In there. Not not that she's very famous, but she is a star. She is. Like, she's very. She is watchable, isn't she? And that's she's not, very watchable. And that's and not, not just because, because of she's her looks. so good looking. Yeah. She's in the same way that Philip Seymour Hoffman is watchable. Yeah. And it's not because he's a hunk. <laughs> it's it's because they've got something about them. Yeah. Similar to yeah. Denzel last week, wasn't it? There's just something yeah. compelling about him. Yeah. He's more compelling than Chris Hemsworth. And Jason Momoa, who are the best-looking people on the planet. <laughs> Maybe I'm not sure. I'll 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 do a poll. <laughs> you can you can yeah do a do a poll. I'll do a Twitter poll, <laughs> and I'll just see yeah um, think about naked pictures. There. What were you saying <laughs> again? I was talking uh, about my nine out of ten ratings. Yeah, quiz though. I think is the oh, thing that's to what do. I was going to move on to. Yes, yeah. so so you, so it sounds like you liked this film. I think maybe you might maybe the goofy things might you know dissolve away as the years go by. And you might, I do hope so. You might. Well, this is, the Wachowskis are, are very susceptible to this because Mercury Rising is fucking shit. What's Mercury Rising? Uh, Oh, is that the name of the film? Oh gosh, no. yeah, Jupiter Rise, Jupiter Ascending. Oh, Jupiter there is a Ascending. film. There is a film called Mercury, Mercury Rising. Rising. It's not done that by the Wachowskis. That is so funny that I call it Mercury Rising. Jupiter Ascending is fucking shit, but it um, is bad, isn't it? Because like, but the, I think that's, the, the I think that's only because the thing is so bad in it. Um, your man who won the Oscar, uh, what's his face? Newt Channing. No, or Channing no, T. Uh, Newt fucking Greenwich or whatever he's called. Oh. Uh, 
Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, he's just awful in that film, isn't he? But That's... equally, right, this is the thing with The Matrix as well. It is so cool, but it's on a knife edge to be naff as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's, let's do the quiz. Okay, so I've mentioned it some, a few times, so let's see if you remembered what I said. So, question one. What song is played when V blows up the old Bailey? The 1812 Overture by Tchaikovsky. Fantastic. Do you know what year that came out in? 1812, I would guess. Nope. <laughs> it was meant to be for the 50th anniversary of the Battle of Borodino, which 18, was in 1812. Uh, 1862? No, it was, it was a year, <laughs> apparently it was a year late, so I think it came out in 63. <laughs> he took too long to write it, so it was like a year overdue. God damn it, <laughs> 14 months to write this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's something hilarious like that anyway. Uh, okay, question, or it might have even been more. Um, number question two. What did V call his home? Oh, oh. His layer, his undergrad. I've mentioned it all the time. Um, the answer is I don't know, but can you give me a clue so I can have a chance at knowing? Um, no. Correct You're going to kick yourself because I've already said it tonight. Very the nice. Shadow Gallery. Very nice. You remember that now? Yeah. Question three. What is the name of the species of rose that is? Oh, in the I song? knew I should have written carnation. No, no, that's no, that's not a rose. I knew I, I should have written sound. No, carnation's uh, a different type of thing. They I do thought, say it oh, a few that's times. A boring fact: he won't note that one down. Yeah, um, it's a color that's not the color of roses, and it's a ex goalkeeper for <laughs> Liverpool. Oh, oh, I know, purple Schmeichel. Close. <laughs> Violet Carson. <laughs> that is very close. Yeah. You went, you went a million miles away, strangely. <laughs> question question four. I mean, this was one of those blink and you'll miss it sort of things, but maybe you would have remembered it because I always try to get stuff that's written down for you to, because I know that you like to read things. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> what was Valerie's film called? The Salt... Flats? Yeah, well done. I don't know if you heard that listen, but I just uh, did a little Ali G knuckle click. Knuckle click, yeah. Booyaka Shah. Booyaka. It's not showing Can you up stop on the. doing it. It's not showing up so on the. So while Sam uh, has a spasm. <laughs> the sound. <laughs> I'm going to ask him the final question. What alias does V use when talking to the police? What's. Oh, I'm from. Burnley and uh, total economic uh, hegemonic uh, demolition. <laughs> oh, I don't know actually. Yeah. Okay. Great. Carl glad, Weathers. Glad you watched this film. Gail Platt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's um, William Rockwood. Mm, I thought it was Lockwood, nice, and it was nice. only when I went back and. Oh, Lockwood! I fucking know. No, it's that. not Lockwood, it's Rockwood. Rockwood, I yeah. fucking knew yeah, that. I, and that's how I found out Imogen Poots was in this film, because I was looking to see... Pootsy Poots. To see if... More on Poots later. Is there? Okay. There is. Oh, there yeah, because she's... Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my knuckles are hurting. Good, I should hope so. Really bad. Yeah. Right, here's a question for you. No. What does Stephen Fry call the breakfast that he makes for old Natalie Potts? 
Eggy basket or something like that. I don't know. Eggy in the basket. I'll give you the points. Thanks. What is the name of the political party which John Hurt heads? It's the... Oh, it's called the... Norse Fire. In the... Norse Fire, yeah. good lad. Good lad. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. The UK Independence Party. <laughs> and finally, what is the slogan through which well, uh, it, V so it's, draws um, his V? It's unity through strength, strength through unity. You're so close, but not right. Strength through, I should know this. I've, it's good, but I'd love to give it. I've, I've, yeah, strength through unity. Yes. Unity through unity through obedience, basically faith. Faith, yeah, of course. Could have had f- nailed it. Fifteen years to remember that. In the book, yeah. in the graphic novel, it's unity through purity, purity through faith. You know that didn't give you the point. Do you realise that that doesn't okay countermand? I mean, the quest is over, Sam. You got like. Tube. I did really bad. I've really bad. You've, you've had better. I wrote down so many things. I thought, right, okay, here's another quiz question. What? Hang on, no. What is the link? <laughs> Why are we doing what quiz questions for me? Sam, this is nearly an hour and a half long. Fuck off. Relax. <laughs> what is the link from this film to Malcolm X? Um, did you watch the credits of this film? I watched not all of them, no. In the second song in the credits... Credit credits was a, a song by Ethan Stoller, BKAB, and it features excerpts from a certain speaker. He had a, a name, Malcolm X. Right. Okay. Cool. Well, this is definitely um, getting edited out. <laughs> this... sh- no, it isn't because that takes about another seven nope, minutes. I know exactly time, so where this bit is. No chance that's getting. So anyway, out. so you, so yeah, so Sam, the final question of the, this this particular film is: Would you recommend yeah. V for Vendetta? Yeah, why not? What? How come you? And you, I've, I, I, you know, I've got to the point now where I don't judge you for not watching a film, but I'd very much felt. 18-year-old Sam, 17-year-old Sam would have liked this film. So how, how did you miss it? Mm. What happened there? The place where I should have seen this film, isn't it? Because when it came out in 2006, I'm 17. Yeah. It... I just, just, just happened to not. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I think it maybe it was, it was, uh, it was a thing people knew about. And so I thought, well, I know what that film's about. And I did watch the, what I thought was the pivotal scene of him giving the speech very, very early in the film, which then when I went to see this was about 15 minutes into the film. Uh, so I thought I'd seen it basically about 10 years ago. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the pivotal scene. <laughs> so you saw scene. one bit of it and you were like, and they all die, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, don't, Sounds don't, like this is yeah, the cliff notes of this film, yeah. However, obviously, yeah, the big yeah, question yeah, for yeah. you to ask me okay. is... Um, is oh, it's what film are you going to be watching? Green Room. Week, what do you know about Green Room? Um, the film Four Walls and Painted Green no it's it, oh the film oh it's got Anton Yelchin in Patrick Stewart's in there somewhere Imogen Poots I learnt in it um, it's I think it's kind of like it's sort of a horror film but it's not is it a horror film is it classed as horror I'm asking none of these questions horror? one thing I will like tell a, you it's sort of like and, a, uh, who knows if I should tell you this it's created, written, directed by mm-hmm. 
Jeremy Saulnier. Correct. Oh yeah, the guy who did uh, Blue Ruin. So I, I am looking forward to it because I did want to watch it, basically. And I do, I did, I didn't, I didn't hate Blue Ruin. I just didn't. I wasn't. It's not an. I'm, I don't think just because a film looks pretty, it's got to be an indie darling. <sighs> well, we're going to argue about but it. We're not going to argue about Listen, it now. Tell us what you Keep think those, about. We'll talk green room if you if they want to do that. I just had a thought. If they want to tell us ahead of time what they think of green green room, what, what would they do? Yeah. What they need to do, Sam, is they need to, um, preferably, they've got one of two options. They can wait till the country Don't becomes a totalitarian fascist dictatorship and then start a violent terroristic up- uprising <laughs> and um, and be the head of and the icon for that. And then, you know, maybe go bust into like a, a government-run TV station and use their, oh, their internet, internet computers, computers to email us. Please watch this. Fascism computers, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. Non-internet yeah, 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 yeah. computers. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have a fascism computer, don't they? In this film, they call I could, Chris question. It's got a name. I can't remember what it is now. Question computer. I mean, <laughs> I don't. That what's the name of that film? It's not a film. Um, uh, so yeah, they need to get in touch with us at please watch this pod at gmail dot com. Now, Sam, if I can't think of any other way, but if you uh, can, how else could they do well, it? Well. What's been quite successful in the past is wait for us to make a uh, like a post in Reddit in podcast guest exchange, and when I do that in about a year from now, when I want more guests, uh, just wait, just wait till then. A more immediate, I mean, is there another way they could do this? Get in touch with us. Yeah, if they if they had to do it like tonight, made, I have or made a post in the past in the day's time in podcast r slash podcast guest okay, but, okay, okay. I see, I see. We're not getting very far here with this. Oh, so oh, oh I know. Get in touch about with us on uh, Twitter. Please watch at, pod. Uh, please watch. Please watch pod. Okay, right. Okay, that, I feel like I'm a dentist there. That was great. Um, I'll I'm, be here for a while. I'm going to go so now. Selling. Um, There's a true crime uh, investigation. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm well into the depths of. So stick around, listener, for magic. Okay. Well, I'm going to say goodbye. Sam loves you guys. Um, and I've decided to play a bit of Tchaikovsky 1812 Overture at the end of this goodbye. So, bye! bye.